these sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who they, we ignite and Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up In the jungle, we unite and up Drippin' orange and black and white to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trunapole and as always i'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the two-time defending afc north champion cincinnati bengals now do me a favor if you found the show hit that like and subscribe button smash that thumbs up you guys are awesome i'm up to 2031 subscribers thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you appreciate you guys now if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chats. So this is Ice Brew Days. If you guys don't know it yet, Bagels and Brews have hit 1,000 subscribers. So Ice Brews Day, you know, Dale's going to be on here. So if you want to give him a congratulations shout-out, or anything like that, or any other things you want to say, give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And of course, we are brought by, brought to you by Jackpot Joey 9. We got the gear, we got the beer, we got everything. It is. So, if you guys have a hand, the delicious award-winning Jackpot Joey beer from Brink Brewery, I suggest you guys go check it out. And if you guys want any of the cool new Jackpot Joey merchandise, uh, go like I said, go to jackpotjoey9.com. It's a lot easier. You take your credit card information. We'll take care of it there. And remember, portions of every purchase, every single thing you money put in there, portions of that go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Fund. <clears throat> Fund, excuse me. So, we are on our way to Buffalo. Well, I'm not physically on our way to Buffalo. I wish I was on my way to Buffalo. It's $300 for tickets. That's the cheapest I can find. So we are going to be doing a Jackpot Joey watch party this Sunday at RJ Cinemas. Game's at 3 o'clock. I suggest you guys get there around 1, 2 o'clock. Have some fun. It's going to be a huge movie screen. Jackpot Joey beer will be flowing. We're going to do halftime giveaways. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys don't. Uh, know where it's at go to my facebook page i created an event there all the information is right there so make sure you go check it out what's up to everybody in the chat crew we got strangers first nicholas crypt keeper william ken you're in there ken is blowing it up he's already left like 25 comments <laughs> pork chop is in there what's up my boy pork chop i'll try to you come to rj cinemas i'll, I'll get the drink from you I, I had i was over in lot b a lot so i sorry i missed you greg is in there who else we got our kid hot my boy hoss is in there ken's in there sherry William, Robbie, what's up? Kevin's in there from uh, North Carolina. Rick the Rock's in there. Amy Holmes is in there. Uh, Crip, I already said you. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Anyway, let's get this celebration started because I'm so proud of these guys. They worked their ass off to try to get to and it's not easy to get to 1,000 subscribers. So give it up for my boy, Dale, from Bengals and Brews. <laughs> 
I think I dozed up. off during that 20 minute intro. Hey, I was hyping you up, brother. Hyping you up. <laughs> I know. What's up, man? Congratulations. Thanks, man. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool accomplishment. It wouldn't happen without you and all the people in the chat and just everybody that supported us. Appreciate it so much. Absolutely, man. It's it's been a fun, fun ride. You got you guys got there uh and, and a good 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 time. And now we're you're gonna be doing a giveaway. Are you doing that tonight? Okay, I know you're doing a show at seven o'clock because I'm gonna be on there with you, but are you doing that tonight? No, that, you- the show tonight was more last minute thing because we still need a bunch of hours to be monetized. So I'm like, damn, I might do a show every day this week. But uh <laughs> we're gonna do it Saturday. Thanks, brother. We're going to do it Saturday because I want everybody to be able to screenshot that they've uh, subscribed people that have been here, you know, subscribed already. Or if new people want to, that's cool too. But just, you know, we want to try to get as many as possible. Cause I, when I went on YouTube out of like, right before we hit a thousand, it was showing 280 because if you're not set at public, I can't see that you're a subscriber. If your YouTube's not set as public. So I'm like, Damn, we got to find a better way. So Twitter, I've already got a couple hundred names written down. I'm just writing them as I go, you know, <laughs> that way. And I'm putting a number beside them, and then we'll do a number generator on Saturday. And we'll, whatever number, that'll be a name beside that number that comes up. And that'll be our winner. Sam Hubbard autographed jersey. There you go. That is awesome, dude. All right. So we had a great win this Sunday, and we celebrated it like crazy the other night. Um. Now we're moving on to Buffalo. We still keep celebrating the win, but we got to kind of turn the page and, and kind of go to Buffalo. Now we unfortunately have offensive line issues. I don't know if Jonah's going to play or Kappa. He said they're day to day. I'm kind of thinking they're probably not. Um, now I'm not really worried about the right side. I think the right side did did fairly well. Now it's not you know Collins and it's not uh, uh, Kappa, but um, Jackson Carmen. What's your thoughts on, on, on how he played? I, I don't think he did awful. You know, I mean, he, I, he looked better there. Than he looked at guard anytime last year, I think. I don't know. I'm curious to get some other people's thoughts. Like Thursday, I know we're going to Parker Blake on and get his thoughts a little more in depth. I haven't really looked at PFF stuff yet um, to see what his grades were. I mean, it seemed like he held up decent. But I don't know him on the road in that environment in that atmosphere. He seems like kind of a head case, anyways, in a way. Just you know, not completely shitting on the guy, but he's had some issues, and it seems like if something goes wrong, he fucking spirals. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't even know if he'll be the starter because I could easily. This is something that I said to Joe Goodberry earlier on Twitter. I said I could see them elevating Prince from the practice squad and putting him at right tackle, like they kind of talked about. And right. I could see them sliding in a Denji as left tackle. Cause I mean, he played that in college. He did both, but mm-hmm. he's played left tackle too. So it's, I wouldn't be shocked if they went that route, but Carmen didn't do anything that would say, Oh, he can't go out there and at least hold up. Right. But it'll just, I don't know how much faith the coaches have in him. So I'll be curious to see what the plan is. Yeah. My, my, my issue or my concern, I'd say, with, with flipping uh, Adenji from right to left is just he's doing good there now. He's had a full game in it. Him and Charby had a full game together, already working together. If you start yeah. moving everybody around, that you have more parts that they have to try to work together instead of just having one. So I, 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 I'll look at it this way I think it's going to be Carmen because. If it was going to be Prince, you know, Prince wasn't activated. He's still on the, on, on the practice squad. So I think Carmen has shown them something, you know, in the last couple of weeks or whatever to, to, to get that spot. Cause you know, there was games where he didn't even dress and he was, he was dressed, you know, uh, the other night. So that's why I think I, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be Carmen. If Jonah doesn't play. Okay. There was a lot of surprise that Deontay Smith wasn't in because we all thought he was the backup left tackle. So the right. fact that he was, he was active as far as I know, right? I I, I have to look that up. I'm, I kind of think he wasn't, to be honest. Oh, okay. If he wasn't active, then there's that's a big difference. Obviously, they didn't put him in if he wasn't active. But right. if he was active and they put in Carmen over him, that's just kind of surprising to me. Now, one thing we have to realize, now I, I'll put, I asked uh, Richard Skinner this yesterday. I still think this offensive line with the three guys we got is better than what we had in the Super Bowl last year. I, I still think that. I, I mean, it's oh, I'm not going to say it's like way better. I mean, it might be like, you know, a little bit better, but it's, 
you know, it's at least it's 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 at least I think a little bit of an upgrade. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Oh, you got Ted Karras in there. I think we had such a small sample size, and we're playing such a good defense that for me, it's like the Ravens have a really good defense. It, no matter who was in there, they were going to make some plays. They were going to get some pressure. They were going to dial up some things. Like, so I don't know. I think it's, it's such a cop out answer, but I think we'll know more on after, Sunday. After Sunday, yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll find out during the game Sunday. I think in the first <laughs> first quarter, we're going to know pretty quick. Okay, right, right. Now I have a question for you, and I asked you and Derek this during the game. The, the, the fumble in the jungle is what I'm calling Sam Hubbard's streak. I think it's the most iconic historic play in Bengals history right now. I mean, I, what do you think? It won the game right now. I, I know that's kind of recency bias though, right? Like, well, what, what else, what other, oh, you know, Bengals I mean, history. we just had Pratt last what? year, literally the last play of the game with an interception True. at the True. goal line True. that would still be hard to top for me. But even sure. some of the plays we had in the run up, like the Tennessee game, Logan gets an interception. But we this one chase won the game. On that this literally won the game. That's where I'm at. <sighs> in the jungle. There was still 10 minutes left in that game, to yeah, be fair. That's true. That's like true. That's true. <laughs> it ended up being the final score of the game. Right, right. But well, I don't know. There's something about being like right. I mean, it's huge clutch play. I don't want to downgrade oh, the play. Oh, it was oh, yeah. freaking phenomenal. But to say like the most iconic, I don't know. Well, we got Trags, Mike Petragli in the waiting room. Let's let's get his opinion on it. What's going on, Trags? How are you doing, gentlemen? I think it was the most iconic. I think it is uh, the most famous play in Bengal history. I think it surpasses Stanford Jennings and Super Bowl twenty three. I think it's right there. And given the fact that if that play doesn't happen, I think they lose the game. Uh, the way the game was headed. The offense was struggling. I think that's the most iconic play in Bengal history. That's my two cents, and I understand others who would say – I had uh, Dan Hort on my podcast earlier today, the Jungle Roar podcast. He uh, went with Jermaine Pratt as the biggest defensive play in history before Sunday night's play by Pratt, Wilson, and, and uh, Sam Hubbard. It's so close. I mean, they're both so iconic. I said the only – thing the Pratt for me, I don't know if you heard that would be because it was at the end of the game right. where there was still like 10 minutes left in this game when that play happened. I just think it was such a momentum turner and such a shocking play. Um, there were so many elements to it also to me for a great play for an iconic play. There needs to be multiple elements that stick out to the fan years and decades later. To me, that's what makes the immaculate reception in Pittsburgh, what it was in 1972 against the Raiders, you had Terry. First of all, it was fourth down. Second of all, you had Terry Bradshaw uh, scrambling for his life with no hope in sight, throwing the ball over the middle. You had the deflection that the Raiders insist to this day was an illegal touch right, right. Uh, by Frenchie Fuqua, if I recall the play correctly. Then the ball bounces back hits uh, almost hits the turf may or may not have and then the late great franco harris picks it up right above the astroturf and then rumbles whatever it was 32 yards for the touchdown and then the officials in that play waited and waited and waited to make a ruling came out of a conference and a phone call and went touchdown steelers and so on the Bengals play, on Hubbard's return, there were so many elements to that play, to me, uh, that made it a great, iconic moment, in the most iconic moment in Bengal history, and the Bengals won the game. And it was the longest uh, uh, fumble recovery return for a touchdown in playoff history, in all yeah. of history. So that, Andy Russell, while, while we're talking about the Steelers, and I know you hate to do that on this podcast, <laughs> and I did grow up in Cincinnati. I grew up a Bengal fan. This is full disclosure here. Right. But Andy Russell in 1975 had an epic return against the Baltimore, then Baltimore Colts uh, of about 91 yards uh, as the Colts were going in for a touchdown that would have given, I believe, given the Colts the lead in the divisional playoff. Andy Russell picks up the ball in very much the same 
uh, fashion that Sam Hubbard did. Russell's was off the off the turf, and Hubbard's was out of midair, of course. But Andy Russell rumbled, I think it was 91, 92 yards for the touchdown, and uh, they still talk about that in Pittsburgh to this day. That's the play, by the way, that came to mind when I when I saw Sam Hubbard, uh, you know, racing down the field. Sam Hubbard's a lot faster than Andy Russell was. Well, I'll play to this way, the, the immaculate reception. This is why when people were saying we're going to, we can uh, name it the immaculate def- deflection or the immaculate. I'm like, I don't want any, I don't want, Can't immac- do it. I don't want immaculate anything in it. No. Fumble in the jungle. Yes, yeah, rumble, rumble in the jungle. jungle. Yeah, fumble in the jungle. I love it. And uh, that's the thing. We didn't have a nickname for the Pratt interception. So Trags is probably right that it would go down as the most iconic, but. I don't want to have recently bias, so I'm still really high on that Pratt. Yeah. It was you. now if we go win the Super Bowl after this, especially, then there's no question. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, no, this. no. We mean if we speak things when, into existence. when, when yeah. we win the Super Bowl. When the Bengals win the Super Bowl, here's what I think. When the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I think we're going to be looking back on several plays that may not be as wild and crazy as Sam Hubbard's, but that will be. Um, legendary and certainly memorable. Last year, you know, we had obviously Jermaine Pratt, but we had the two field goals. We had the Logan Wilson interception in Tennessee. I believe you were talking about that uh, right before I came on. And obviously, Jesse Bates and Von Bell collaborating on the interception Mm. in overtime in Canada. So many. Yeah, it was awesome. So many. So, so Ken, just Ken is blowing the chat up. He's asked 25 different questions. (laughs) Different statement. So I'm not ignoring you, Ken. I don't know which one to start with. You you said something about why was Joe in shotgun? I guess in the two point conversion. Uh, what is your what is your thoughts on the uh, on the two point conversion that worked out? I mean, he got T Higgins in the end zone. So it was going to be a pass all along. I think that's why you go in the shotgun. Yeah, yeah for sure. He was going to scramble and do what he does, and it's worked out so many times where he scrambles. And T usually seems to be the most beneficial on those in the two-point conversions. Yeah, But, uh, Ken, Ken, in the chat, give us – narrow down to one question. I know you're being (laughs) – but we can't go back to all of them. So, what – I I know you're trying to be realistic, but I I didn't see – I don't even know what all of you said. You typed so many, so So, I can't can't even get to – because, Crypto, you're going to get to Ken's questions? Like – he wrote like fifty of them. I don't know. What, I don't know which one to start to start start with. Well, let's start with with uh, your article that uh, you got out today, Trags. And I love this. Joe Burrow wants to remain a Bengal for life, and wants basically wants Zach Taylor to be his head coach the entire time. What does that statement say about Zach? And what does that mean for Bengals history? I would say stability. And I think when you talk about it's one thing to like your coach and clearly uh, Joe Burrow does like Zach Taylor likes his style, but it's another to respect that, to experience it now in his third uh, season in Cincinnati and get the, get the feeling, the vibe that Burrow has that Zach knows what he's doing. He's not just a good offensive coach. He has the kind of management style that Joe Burrow loves. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much, Here's what we'd like you to do. We want your input. If you're not comfortable with something, come see us, and uh, we'll see what modifications we can make. Uh, and I don't think Joe will abuse that privilege, and he right. hasn't so far. And I think the Bengals view Joe Burrow uh, and did when he came out of LSU as somebody who can handle that responsibility and do it uh, intelligently and also not do it all the time. Because I think if you give a player that kind of um, authority – in that kind of reign over your offensive program, you don't want him taking over complete control where the coaches, you know, aren't able to effectively run the entire ship. Yeah, I I, I think it's it's awesome. I mean, because at the beginning of when Joe got drafted, you know, the national narrative was like, oh, Joe doesn't want to be here, yada yada. He finally came out and said, no, I want to be a Bengal for life. I mean, to me, that's that's a huge statement just for the Bengals organization. He said it's a great organization. He loved the way it's run, and then. Like I said, the, the thing you said about Zach, I, I just that is very refreshing because I've been on here for four or well, three years now since Zach's got or uh, since Joe's got her saying, No, he wants to be a Bengal. He never said he didn't want to be. And now he finally came out and you know, there's it, somebody it, else they want to want to uh give a shout out to, and that's Duke Tobin, the director yes. of personnel. That's another reason Joe Burrow wants to be here because as long as Duke Tobin is here, I think the Bengals are going to do everything they can 
to surround Joe Burrow with tools to be successful. It's one thing to have Joe Burrow. It's another to have Joe, Joe Burrow uh, with the weapons he needs to be productive and feel like he's not alone. He's not having to rescue the team every single week. That was the example we saw on Sunday night. He was going up against a very, very difficult Ravens defense. Yes. I think for, for for its money worth, um, pound for pound, if you will, the toughest defense the Bengals will face until the Super Bowl. If and they play, and it's a third time they played them, too. <laughs> Say that again? It's a third time they played them. So that makes it even yes. more difficult. And back-to-back weeks. So, I mean, I know – Ken's in there saying we got we got damn lucky, which yeah we, we did. I mean that that play right there it was it, I hate to say what it was lucky in that Sam caught it. It was a hell of a play by by Pratt standing him up and a hell of a play by Logan Wilson and Sam was there to make to make the play. So technically Sam's run is lucky, but the actual play is just being there at the right right time where you're supposed to be and making making the right play. So and and the way I see that play, guys, is. You've got to take advantage when teams make the wrong play or run the play the incorrect way. And that's yeah, what he, happened. He the, went high correct. when they had guys pushing him and he should have stayed low. Should have stayed low. And John Harbaugh, Ravens head coach, acknowledged that after the game. Well, okay, the Bengals can't control that. They can only control Tyler Huntley trying to go high incorrectly. Well, if the team makes a mistake like that, the player makes a mistake, you got to take advantage. And to me, that's what makes this Bengal team special because when teams make mistakes late in games, the Bengals are able to capitalize. Same thing with Ramondre Stevenson in Foxborough with the Patriots. The running back at the end of the game right. had a chance to put the game away. You have got to have ball security, priority number one. There is no way anybody's ripping that ball out. Right. Von Bell found an opening. Uh, and found a way to pry it loose from Stevenson, and B.J. Hill was on the ground and saved the game. That's a huge moment late in the season uh, because if the Bengals lose that, they could absolutely have been playing that game in Baltimore. Exactly, exactly. Now, you, you talked about the, the weapons that, that Joe has, and uh, moving forward to, to the Bills game here, as long as they keep give Joe – Time. That's that's the biggest thing is the offensive line. We, which we'll get, get, yeah, we'll get that to that in a minute. I think this is a game where if Joe's got time, the Migos, our, our three wide receivers, can be the difference in this game because because Buffalo, their secondary isn't that great, but their defense line is pretty good. So that's where I think the chess match is going to be in this game. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the Bengals are going to have to get, if it's Jackson Carmen at left tackle, and I think it Will be, but we'll see if they how they feel about Zay Prince because Zay Prince is going to be active this week. He wasn't last week. If they go with Jackson Carmen, I think they're going to have to give a lot of help, mm-hmm. and they're going to. If I were Frank Pollock, and obviously Frank Pollock and and Derek Frazier, the assistant offensive line coach, have forgotten more about the the position than I'll right. ever know in my life. But if it were me, I would ask Jackson Carmen not to move that much. And like the play we saw the other day, Tyus Bowser came in, made a couple of moves, and Jackson didn't have his feet under him. You've got to take that um, in that. Uh, it's the word I'm looking for. Um, that instability or that um, uncertainty is the word I'm looking for. You have to take that uncertainty out of Jackson Carmen's head, where he doesn't have to worry about moving as much. Just try to get the guy in front of you. Keep him in front of you. And if he goes, let's say, goes inside, you've got help there. If he goes outside, maybe you bring in a tight end. And just make sure the teams are not turnstiling Jackson Carmen as much as you can. Now, if it's a running play, and you might be giving this away, but if you don't see a third tight end on Jackson's side, then you know it's a running play because they're not worried about Carmen getting turnstiled. Those are the kind of things I'm curious to see how they um, game plan in the uh, game plan this week. So did uh we were talking about this before he jumped on. Was uh Deontay Smith was he active last week? He was active, yes, he okay. was. Um, that's what I wondered because I was surprised that he didn't jump in. We kind of been told that he was kind of the backup left tackle all season, and then they put Carmen in. So I think it's a matter of they I, I don't think Deontay has the girth or the size that they like at that spot, and they like him as a third tackle. Uh they 
believe that he's not going to be exposed as much as a third tackle. But when you're putting a guy out on the island on the blind side of your franchise quarterback, I think you want to have a little bit more certainty uh, than the Bengals have uh, in Deontay Smith right now. It's not to say he he can't help them in some form or fashion, but I don't think starting left tackle is it right now. All right, so your feeling, are they going to just keep the right side the way it is and put – uh, Carmen at, at left tackle or, or Isaiah Prince at left tackle. They, what's your feeling? What's your gut feeling right now? Flip a coin there. Uh, yeah. I really, I don't have a great feel. If Isaiah Prince is active, is he the better option at left tackle? He might be. I also subscribe to the theory. You want to disrupt as few positions as possible. So in other words, you don't want to have to swap Hakeem Adeniji, put him at left tackle and then have somebody new right. at right tackle, then right. you run the possibility of having three new guys at different positions as opposed to two. And I think that's the way probably the Bengals would lean in this particular situation. I thought Adenogy uh, was serviceable again uh, on Sunday night uh, at right tackle. And that's what you need him to be. You just don't, you need him to not be bad or subpar. That's what uh, the Bengals need from their offensive line. I think Max Sharping was solid. Uh, right. I'm not saying spectacular, but solid. And a hell of uh, a pickup. A hell of a pickup he was. Very much so. And when I say Duke Tobin it doesn't get enough credit, he's one of the guys I'm talking about. Duke Tobin, right. uh, with him this year and BJ Hill last year uh, in the uh, Billy Price trade with the Giants, huge, huge oh, pickups. Absolutely. And I think Max Sharping will be fine at right guard. I mean, maybe the Bengals get a boost and get Alex Kappa back perhaps for the Super Bowl if uh, if that is the case. But we'll wait and see on that, guys. Um, but as far as Jonah Williams is concerned, I think they got some good news with him being week to week uh, with a kneecap uh, being dislocated because obviously Jonah went through that same injury midway through the season. Right, with the other knee. <laughs> So if they can put the knee uh, back together, as crude as that sounds, and then let the inflammation and the swelling go down, maybe they do have a shot of getting him back perhaps for the AFC Championship. We'll see. I can't see him playing this week, though. I, I That's where I'm, I'm at. I, I would be surprised. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful, but I, I don't I don't see it. Now, Greg, Greg uh, puts his comment up here a lot. And, uh, he said, uh, run 12, 13 personnel to start the yep. game like – uh, the Panthers game and set the tone right away. What's your thoughts on that? I like it because I think with the Bills, you can run against them significantly better than you can the Ravens. The Ravens have a very stout run defense, and the Bengals were able to break off a couple of run, runs, uh, sch gap scheme runs early in that game, uh, but then it kind of dried up. Um, I think the Bengals have a chance to do a little bit more of that, and we saw it in that Monday night game. Uh, that uh, really complemented the passing game very well, I thought, uh, before the DeMar Hamlin uh, incident took place. I think you could see a lot of that. Uh, certainly a, an effective run game is one way for the Bengals uh, to counter uh, their offensive line being as disrupted as it's going to be going forward. Now, this is a question everybody uh, has brought up, and Kenny kind of put, put it in there. He said, imagine if they would have signed Whitworth. How how, was that really a thought? I mean, was it really not late thing? in the season. No way. He had yeah. lost 60 to 65 pounds, right. not in game shape. I mean, that's it's kind of silly to hear that the possibility thrown out there. I mean, it's not he's not Gronk. Gronk had not lost that kind of that kind of weight. And a left tackle position requires a lot more uh, physical hand to hand combat. Certainly the way Gronk played tight end, there was hand-to-hand -hand combat. I'm not saying that. But when you're talking about Gronk coming back mid-season like they did in New England and Tampa Bay, and, you know, that theory was thrown out there uh, a little bit with the Bengals, I think, uh, last year. Uh, I don't think it's realistic at all to think that an offensive lineman can just come out of retirement, at, you know, down 65, 70 pounds right. and expect to play at an elite level in a playoff game. No way. Right. Uh, Kripp here is giving, giving me a shout out. It says, Mr. Protagic, Trags, you're the real deal, sir. I read I and watch that. your stuff all the time. So just, I, I talked about your article. Tell everybody where, where, where you're at in, in your podcast. You, you mentioned a little bit of that. Well, uh, say that again. Uh, tell everybody about your podcast and your art and your, where you write that. So 
Um, you can check out the podcast wherever you download uh, your podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google. It's the Jungle Roar podcast. You can also click and subscribe on my Jungle Roar podcast YouTube page. Not only do you have the podcast there, you have a lot of post-game sound, uh, pre-game uh, previews throughout the week. There's just a lot of content up there. I love to give provide as much insight to Bengal fans and Houday Nation as possible. Uh, so that's uh, really where you can get my content. And editorially, I have a column out today, the one you have already mentioned, mm -hmm. um, on clnsmedia.com. Uh, Joe Burrow wants to be a Bengal for life, and Zach Taylor explains why he's not alone. So that's up there. That's the latest up there in terms of uh, columns on the CLNS Media website. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to read an article yet. I will all do that, but I, I do really enjoy all your articles. You do, do a really good job out there. Now, Ken I can't hear that. I no think. problem, man. Hey, I, I, and I'm not saying I can't come on my show all the time. I really do like, do like your stuff. So I, I'm, not, I'm not just blowing smoke here. Uh, Ken wants to know. He said, okay, so uh, who's the left tackle that's out there then? There isn't one. People, I don't think, I people mean, ask this, like, who can, like, it's the end of the season. If there was, okay, I'm kind of answered the question. You, you answered too, but people irritate me when they say this. Well, who can we get off the street? Nobody. If there was anybody that was good, they would be playing on an NFL team. Or they'd be signed to a futures contract. Right. By so, other teams who, who are now allowed to do that. Right. Um, it's just, you have to deal with the roster you have, and you hope you're, General Manager Duke Tobin in this uh, particular case uh, has done a good job of stockpiling talent, both not only on the active roster, but the practice squad as well. And, you know, a lot of people don't pay attention, Iceman, to the uh, value of the uh, practice squad throughout the season. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. I mean, yeah. I have the roster right in front of me. All right. Give me a second. I just printed it out today. What I like to do is I print, Hot out, the uh, I print out depth charts because you never know who's going to play and not play going into a particular week. So I like to have all of the names in front of me. But for instance, in this particular case, um, you have Zay Prince, who is an offensive tackle. He's on the practice squad yet to be activated or elevated, I should say. So, um, I think he will be elevated this week. I think that's a no-brainer uh, for Buffalo. Um, you also have Nate Gillum. Uh, he is also on the practice squad. And if you're the Bengals and Duke Tobin, you just want to make sure you have enough bodies, uh, three to four prospective tackles who can go in there and play. And maybe in some cases you have five guys who could actually play tackle when, you're, when you throw in swing positions between guard and tackle. Mm -hmm. So – I think the Bengals are going to make do, do the best they can, and and hope they don't suffer any more catastrophic injuries along the offensive line. Right. I've got a question here from Crown. He goes, does Bobby Opengate Hart still play for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, I can look that up right now. I, th I think he does. I, I can't tell you for sure. I, I, I think he I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I, I think um, Let's see. Bobby Hart on um, the offensive line. He does indeed. He is the backup left guard. There you go. So he's he's still an NFL player. <laughs> yes, he is. And he is. Uh, he's a He's actually, um, Iceman, he's uh, on the active roster. So uh, he could see playing time on Sunday if somebody goes down. Hey, like Ken says, I just want, to, want us to win. Oh, no, Bobby Hart curse. Hey, we are breaking all the curses, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened. They broke the quote unquote Chris Collinsworth curse Sunday Sunday night. But so, um, what is up? Like going into Sunday, it, it, do you know? Somebody said on the chat that they think it's gonna gonna rain. Yeah, I hope it just doesn't snow because that's the one thing that's really I think gonna could give Buffalo the, the a bigger uh, favor. Do you know what so the weather, I, weather is? Um, it's supposed to. There's supposed to be precipitation uh, in the forecast upper 30s, so I don't think it's going to be snow. The rain concerns me a little bit more because of the slippery nature of the football when the balls get wet. And obviously, having covered the New England Patriots, I know what happens when wet weather comes or cold weather comes and yep. people freak out with the footballs and <laughs> uh, might adjust the uh, inflated um, nature of the football. <laughs> You're right, nature right. Nature of the football. Uh, but anyway. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, so... 
I would prefer the snow over the rain because I don't think the snow would be as bothersome when you're trying to throw the football. The rain being slick, I think it would make it a little bit tougher for Burrow and Josh Allen, for that matter, uh, to throw the ball in the wind. The wind, to me, in in all my years covering Patriot games uh, in Buffalo, the wind's the biggest factor. And Bill Belichick always used to point that out. He said, I don't worry so much about the rain or the snow or the ice. I worry about the wind because it's an open-air stadium, and there's really nothing blocking the wind from coming in there and swirling. And obviously, but every football fan, I think, remembers the first time that the Patriots and Mac Jones played on the road in Buffalo in 2021. Yeah. There was 25 to 35 mile-an-hour winds throughout the day. And Mac Jones threw, I believe, three passes, something like that. Right. It was all run. And the wind is the biggest factor to me in my history in covering games in Buffalo. All right. Now, William here says uh, we could have the AFC Championship in Cincinnati if Kansas City loses against the Jags and the Bengals beat the Bills. This is true. Now, what are the – I really wasn't giving Jacksonville that much of a chance. But after what I saw – Last week, and Trevor Lawrence coming back for four interceptions, and they come down from coming back for twenty-seven points. I mean, they got to go to Kansas City and play. We know it could be done. I hope it happens. What's your What's your feeling on that? You think it's going to be Kansas City? I think it's it's Kansas City, but Doug Peterson has his teams playing loosey goosey. Obviously, right. use that formula to get to the Eagles to get the Eagles to the Super Bowl in uh, 2017, Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota, and beat Tom Brady when Tom Brady threw for 500 yards. Bring Break out that formula again mm-hmm. on Sunday at Arrowhead uh, because I think Mahomes is going to be throwing the ball and doing all sorts of things all over um, the GEHA field uh, at Arrowhead. I, it, Kansas City is going to put up points, but what – Saturday night in Jacksonville showed me is uh, Trevor Lawrence, even throwing four interceptions, is not going to waver. Doug Peterson is not going to waver. They are not going to be intimidated no matter the scenario that happens. And for that reason, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. I think there's a chance Jacksonville wins if it's close in the fourth quarter. But if you're asking me who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be KC. Yeah, now let's roll back into to the Bengals versus Buffalo. Now we were, I don't know if you guys were, were watching it uh, pregame, but we're watching the Bills Miami game. Yes. And I tracked. They were, they were yes. this close. Tyler Thompson doesn't throw that dumb pass <laughs> in the flat. Oh, we we're that close. And, and just checks game. down to a screen. <laughs> Miami probably wins the game. All right. Right. So that's what gives me hope because we're better than Miami, e- even with our off- offensive line issues. I agree. And if 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 Josh Allen turns the ball over in the red zone like he is prone to do this year, because I, I think Dayball losing Dayball, I think has hurt Josh Allen. I don't think he's as uh, uh, careful with the ball as he as he was when Dayball was there. So that gives me a hope that our secondary is going to have a chance to to, to pick some off, and we've had a very opportunistic defense this year. Uh, well, I'll tell you what impressed me even more. Uh, watching that game is Josh Allen doesn't take care of the football when he runs. And what have the Bengals been doing this year uh, when a ball carrier exposes the football? They've been going after it like Hawks. And if Josh Allen runs the ball like that against the Bengals, there's going to be at least two to three ball, two to three times Allen puts the ball on the ground. And, you know, if you're the Bengals, that's really what you're hoping for. If you get him out in open space that he doesn't, protect the ball. That's one of his weaknesses. It's one of his strengths, obviously, running with the football. He's a tight end. He uh, is an incredibly powerful runner. Uh, He can throw the ball downfield 70 yards. I don't think there's any question about that if there's not 35-mile-an-hour wins. Right. And, um, you know, when you take a look at everything Josh Allen brings to the um, field, there's a lot to defend, but there are also a lot of opportunities there for the Bengals' defense. And I think if you're Lou Anarumo, that's kind of the way you look at it. And, and we're going to have to rely heavily, heavy on the defense again. Let, let's just let's talk about. We can keep talking about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Let's give Lou. Lou I call him Ludini. You, you can steal that. You can write like that down that. from one of your articles. I like that, Ludini, and, and this defense. It is. They're winning us games. They, they and we. The offense always gets the credit. 
But let's be honest, the most consistent part of this team for the last two years has been our defense. And that linebacking core, and for years, the Bengals linebacking core was awful. We hit on all three of them in one draft, and the linebacking core is unbelievable. The defense is unbelievable. Just what's your thoughts on what Ludini's doing and this defense? Complimentary football. And I think what the Bengals have really stressed under Luana Rumo is uh, red zone defense. And I wrote a little bit about it uh, at the end of my column today about the red zone presentations that uh, Von Bell and uh, Jesse Bates lead every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Von Bell handles the uh, low red area, which is inside the 10 yard line, which makes sense because he's more of a downhill uh, run stopping type of safety. Whereas Jesse Bates handles, excuse me, <coughs> all red zone opportunities inside the 20, which is high red area. Mm-hmm. So I think with Luana Rumo stressing, uh, holding teams either to a field goal or no points at all in the red zone has been critical. It's why the Bengals beat the Ravens on Sunday night. Ravens were one for four uh, in the red zone. They had the one touchdown. They had the opportunity at the end of the game, of course, um, and couldn't get any points out of that when they got to the Bengals 17. And of course they had um, the fumble in the jungle. So uh, there were a lot of plays that the Bengals defense made uh, inside the red zone and inside the five yard line. Let's not forget Vaughn Bell's stop on second down. I mean, plays like that are really what help set up game changing plays that happen on the next down. And the Bengals have made a habit of making those plays, not only this year, but last year, as you point out. And when you do that, uh, it really gives momentum back to the offense. So I think the Bengals have been playing very good complimentary football all year, but the red zone is the biggest strength, I think, of this Bengals defense. Exactly. All right, Dale, what do you, what do you think about the Bengals defense? You got, you got some got some questions here for Trags? I love our defense. <laughs> <laughs> no. You should. Um, so I, we're, we're definitely not going to re-sign Jesse Bates. How comfortable do you feel about Dak Silly? He had a couple special teams penalties. I know he's still young. We all trust in Lou. If Lou is still back, I feel more comfortable. If we lose Lou and Bates and Dak Hill. And Pratt probably. <laughs> so – I, I think the priority is going to be Von Bell because of his signability. Right. You bring back Von Bell. I think they might make a run at Jermaine Pratt. Uh, I think you're right about Jesse Bates. I think everybody to. knows that um, he ain't going to get the money here. I don't think he's going to get a better deal than the four-year reported $15 million a year that the Bengals put on the table, and David Mulligetta did not sign off on that of Athletes First. Um I I think if if you're the Bengals, you're hoping that Von Bell wants to come back to Cincinnati. Absolutely. Now, another uh, player I want to give pro- uh, props to as far as making a play that it gets forgot about in that game is uh, Hakeem uh, Davis-Gaither. I mean, that, yes. that interception was awesome. And he's our backup. Now, if if Pratt, we don't sign Pratt, because we also got to sign or extend Logan Wilson. He's another one that's not a free agent. But so uh, Davis-Gaither might be our, our, our number two linebacker next year. What? What, what are your thoughts about how he's uh, developed in the last couple of years? Learning to read um, where he needs to be on defense from the edge. That's what we saw in the interception uh, when he was coming back and giving uh, inside help uh, on Mark Andrews. I thought it was a terrific play. He is certainly a speed linebacker. He's uh, very fast. I think uh, they think he's capable of covering uh, running backs out in the flat. Uh, he can do things like that. Um but, you know, he's somebody who would have to make a significant jump if he's going to ever, you know, approach the level of a guy like Jermaine Pratt. Right, right, right. Yeah, the only thing, I think it would be a more of a rotation if they lose Pratt, um, depending on who you get, free agency, whatever, uh, draft. But as of right now, I would say Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey would be rotating based on the, almost even who you're yes. playing, let alone downs. Like right. Marcus Bailey's a guy to watch out for, I think. Yep. I think it's a great call, Dale. Um, I think uh, he obviously made a huge block on the uh, uh, It wasn't a block in the back either. <laughs> no, it was, it was close. It was close. It was scary. He hit him with the shoulder. When he threw his hands up, I was almost like, oh, no, that may, may make so, them. Yeah, don't, don't draw attention to <laughs> yes. it. Yes, right, exactly. But, 
Um, <laughs> no, it was great. It was a great job by Marcus to get on the side of Andrews. Um, as long as you don't touch Andrews in the back or block the numbers from the official following the play and he can see number 89 Andrews, you're not going to get called for blocking in the back. And that's especially on a return situation like that. You don't want to black block back towards your own goal line. That is also illegal. So it's a very tricky play uh, and a very tricky uh, technique that Marcus Bailey had to employ. You want to get in his way, but you don't want to block him um, unless you find the angle, which he did, uh, to gently nudge him to the turf. It was, you know, as I'm watching that play live, I'm like, that's a great play, but that's not going to be a touchdown. And when they let that hold, uh, that was what somebody explained to me later on after the game. Now, uh, let's uh, where to go. Helms here. Uh, he was asking, uh, what's uh, Trey, the status of Trey Hendrickson? We'll find out tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, first day of practice, getting ready for the divisional. I think Trey Hendrickson will be uh, ready to go, and I think they expect him to play. Two other guys you better keep an eye on are certainly Trey Flowers. Um, he is somebody who could get Dawson Knox. He got dinged up last week. That's why Dax Hill had to come in. Um, he came in in the first half to play for Eli Apple, came in in the second half and spelled um, Trey Flowers. That's why Dax Hill was drafted where he was and is such a valuable player to Lou Anarumo. So Trey Flowers and Eli Apple, um, remember Eli Apple had been dealing with a neck injury the last couple of weeks, and it was, I believe, a neck type of shoulder issue um, that got dinged up, that he got dinged up in the uh, second quarter right before halftime. So that is something uh, the Bengals will have to monitor. But again, uh, Zach Taylor said on Monday they are going to you know, manage that and hope to get both of them out on the field. Good deal. I want to say with Trey Flowers, like that's one thing I didn't even realize till I seen the picture and I was there watching the play from the stands. I didn't realize how close that was being to being caught on that last play of the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then when I seen a picture of it though, too, I'm looking around and I'm like, why is everyone so tiny? We don't have no Trey Flowers. I just wanted to say that he was out, right? Yes. He was unavailable. (laughs) If he was back there, it would have made me feel a lot more confident, which I didn't even realize that. That was James Prochet who almost caught uh, that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Dale. I didn't realize how close it was until until I got home. It was just like the Sam Hubbard. I didn't know. I thought that they threw it and they intercepted it and they ran it because it happened so. It happened in the end zone we sit in drags, and it just happened so dang on fast no. that Sam's going the other way. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> so I didn't know exactly what happened to. Until after we got him, and I didn't realize how close they were again until after we got him. I didn't realize how close he was to reaching that over the plane either because <laughs> because it was just like bang, bang, and then I right. seen Sam with the ball, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Ah! You know? <laughs> By the way, I, I see Ken uh, Dipple brings up a very interesting question. How do they put Stefan Diggs in check? I don't think you do. I think you hope that he doesn't get 40 yards down the field. Uh, and, you know, Lou Anarumo has been masterful over his last two seasons and, you know, taking care of guys like Tyreek Hill um, and certainly the speedsters that uh, Kansas City brings to the fore. Um, the Bengals and Lou Anarumo are going to have to come up with a game plan for uh, Diggs and, and Gabe Davis this, Saturday, uh, this Sunday uh, afternoon in Orchard Park. I keep thinking that it'll be some type of hybrid zone man, Tampa 2 look, and they'll – I think the idea for Anarumo is to mix it up for Josh Allen so he's confused before the ball ever gets downfield to right. Stephon Diggs. And that, this is where we're uh, not having Cheeto. Uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah, because he we could put him on Stephon and, you know. And, and it would be competitive. I mean, yes. Diggs would make his plays. Oh, yeah. But it would, it would be competitive. Right. You, exactly. you would be able to control the rest of your game plan around everyone else and – Allow that matchup Correct. to play out. I got a question here from Johnny Paps here. He says, biggest keys to Sunday's game has got to be the play of DJ Reader. Guy has been an absolute force inside all season. Guy is double teamed every play and still makes plays. I think I've I've said this about, about DJ. I think he's the straw that stirs the defense. For, no question. He's the, he's the big because when we didn't have him, we got ran on. And that uh, ran on a lot. You got him in there. He takes up two guys. He stuffs stuffs the run. I, I wish he would get more credit 
than, than he gets from the national media. We we know how well, good he is in Cincinnati, but the national media yeah, doesn't. I mean, I, I don't worry about popularity contests. I know Cheeto tweeted about that last week. You know, you got a team that's 12 and four, won its division second straight year, and you have nobody on the on the Pro Bowl team or on the all on the Pro Bowl team. Right. And I'm and I tweeted back at him and I said, popularity contest. I deep down, I yeah, it kind of pisses off some of the players, but at this point, they know they're in the playoffs. The whole objective is to win the first Super Bowl in franchise history, and all the rest doesn't really matter. Exactly, and I'm here for it. And I told you, like, I think the first time you came on my show that, that you might be the good luck charm because you brought the, the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> Super Bowl aura from, from, from Boston to Cincinnati, and you you thought that uh, Joe Burrow was – And he didn't even know he was bringing Ted Karras at the time. Yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. bring Teddy K. Oh, well, I reminded Ted, Teddy K of that, believe me. We've had <laughs> uh, several conversations – in the locker room about that. Maybe I can work a Super Bowl ring out of it if they win. Three hey, there you go. Teddy, Teddy K is a great dude. He actually has been one of the big ones that came on my show, so I appreciate him. Trags, again, real quick, shout out your podcast and, and your articles and everything, and I appreciate you coming on again. Guys, you're the best. Um, it is the Jungle Roar podcast. You can download it wherever you download your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, Google. Uh, trying to think of did I say Spotify? No, there's yes. so many. Spotify, there's so many, but play. Just all of them. You, you, them and podcast, all of them. Yeah. you know where to download. Just do a search for the Jungle Roar podcast. If you're on YouTube, and I'm sure a lot of you are, um, <laughs> just go to the Jungle Roar podcast YouTube page. Click on the link and subscribe. I want to hear all of your comments, good, bad, and indifferent, as I tell my audience every week before and after uh, Bengal games. And of course you can get, catch my online content on Twitter at Trags, T-R-A-G-S and uh, directly at clnsmedia.com. Well, Trags, I, I, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. And we got to work on getting the uh, Bengals a step there for when you walk up onto the, to the bubble, you know, they got the big cement. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, I know you almost saw me take a face. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I'm like, Whoa, because they, they have the wall there at the parking lot where the uh, the bubble is. There's there's no, no steps, so all the media guys got to jump up there. So, but you had to bring that up. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm trying to put it out there that we, that, that we need to get that done. For by, by the okay. way, it's a structure. A structure. Yes, my bad. Structure. We do not call it the bubble. Yes, I know. I always call it that. Anyway, my bad. <laughs> all right, tracks. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, uh, you guys enjoy the game this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a beauty. Absolutely. Who day? Chag's a good dude. I like I like him. He's come on the show multiple times, so I mean I saw well, him down there. I mean, he's excellent, man. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, that's why I hopped out. I'm like, man, I'll just <laughs> let you guys go for a while. Plus, I'm trying to keep up on all those uh getting all this stuff written down for make sure everybody's entered for that Hubbard. Right, right. Exactly. So I was like, I was like, you you guys go and if you need me. <laughs> no, it was funny. Everybody's like, wow, Dale's being awful quiet. I'm like, Dale's being a good boy, hush. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's only honestly, it's only because I'm doing a show at seven on Bengals and Bruce. So then I'm it's like, gonna be on, baby. I'm then like, it's gonna I be got on. Plenty of time to be wild, you know. I'll <laughs> behave for now. All right. So for everybody who missed the beginning of the show, we are having a Jackpot Joey Bengals Bills playoff watch party at RJ Cinema. I'm gonna try to put Dale on the spot right now and ask him, Dale, are you coming? Well, you know, you know what I got going on, so uh I don't know. Just Finances and such are a little tight right now. Yeah, so. I know. I'll, 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 I'll pay for your gas money. Just come on down. <laughs> Mine anyway. just watched it at El Casa. El Casa. It's going to be fun. So make sure if you guys are out and about, if you don't know where RJ Cinema is, it's uh, out of Eastgate right next to Jungle Gyms. So hopefully you guys can come out. It's a great time. Dale's been there a couple of times. It is, it is an absolute it is, blast. It, it is very fun. And watching a game in a theater with – all these other wild Bengals fans is awesome. So you can, you can be loud as you want. Yeah. If it wasn't an hour and a half away on a Sunday and just everything is like trending toward me not going, but there's also that small chance that it's just I throw you're, caution to the wind and I say F it. You're saying there's a chance. There's Tell always me. a chance, baby. Always a chance. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. I will see you in about a half hour on Bengals of Brews. 1,000 subscribers. This guy's going to be on there, guys. This, is, this guy's coming too. He's coming to the show at seven. Bengals and Bruce. Yeah. And if you haven't subscribed to Bengals and Bruce, please do, because somebody's going to win this Sam Hubbard autographed jersey. And as much as I 
hate to see it go. I really don't. I'm just glad my wife hasn't masturbated on it because she loves her some Sam Hubbard. So I have kept it away from her in a safe place. So whoever wins, I can mail it to you and be like, nice clean. Nice clean. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> so, because otherwise, I need. I would have needed to frame it right away. <laughs> she might have broken glass. Broken glass and be like, what the hell? My hover is gone. What happened to it? Find in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> Walk <What>? around with it. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll see you in about a half hour. Who did? Who did? Love you, brother. Who did? All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, Trags is awesome. You know, Dale's my boy. Uh, that's my brother from another mother. So uh, make sure, like I said, go. If you guys have not subscribed to Bengals and Brews, please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Bengals and Brews, and subscribe there. Get them over a thousand. Go watch some more of the shows so they can get their hours up so they can actually become monetized. So, anyways, we have fun tonight here in about a half hour. Let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle it's at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I will be pulling a sound off later on tonight, putting on the podcast. So if you missed any of it and you want to listen to it at work or listen to it tomorrow in the car or whatever, make sure you download it. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review on Apple uh, iTunes. And if you got a place on Spotify to leave a comment, please do. So make sure more sensitive fans find my podcast. YouTubers! You guys are unbelievable. 2,031 subscribers. Right, is that right? 31? Yep. 2000, I wrote it down twice. 2,031 subscribers. Again, I say this every show. By my heart. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming to try to find us at the tailgate. I know I'm always kind of hard to find out. Jay, who day? I missed you. I'm sorry, dude. I was down at lot one. And then I went over to uh, a lot B with Maddie. So I, I was out and about. Sometimes they're kind of hard to find <laughs> because they got a lot of different places I'm trying to. Trying to stop by and see people. So appreciate you. I'll try to I'll try to see you next time. Hopefully, hopefully next weekend we're in the AFC championship game this is in Cincinnati. We'll see. Anyway, you guys are awesome. We'll be back tomorrow. I got uh Wayne Box Miller on tomorrow. And we're also gonna do uh the uh film study with Centauri. So a lot of good shows coming up this week. It's only Tuesday. I cannot wait till Sunday. It's gonna be an absolute blast. Again, come to RJ Cinemas. Have some fun with us. It is awesome. Again, if you don't know where it is or anything, uh, the event is on my uh, Facebook page, on Sports Strawberry's Facebook pages, on the events there. You can check it out. gives you the time, gives you uh, the address and everything. So make sure you guys show up, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Other than that, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And here we go. You ready? And that's just sports, baby. See ya!
the city.